0: Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan.
1: Greetings, welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across from me. Always glad to see him. One element of continuity that's been around here for 40 some years is Mr. Joe McGranahan is helping to make us sound better and better and better.
2: Welcome aboard, sir. I'm hoping we'll get to the next level today. <laughs> <laughs> I sincerely don't see how that could possibly happen. Well, I agree. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> uh, if you
1: replace me, that would be the first hope, and then replace you would be the... Uh, Second hope. The, the final, <laughs> the final <laughs> method. All right. Welcome on board, everybody. It's the WDKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. We always uh, thank our wonderful sponsor, the Sunbury Motor Company, a uh, family-owned dealership since 1915. Fourth Street, Sunbury is one location, and And Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf is their other location. So they would just very much love for you to do what I've done. Go to sunburymotors.com and check out uh, their vehicle inventory. Order a vehicle, as I have done. There should be another one coming in probably by the end of the month or so. I know it's scheduled for construction in the days ahead. So that truck will be on its way to the Sunbury Motor Company. And you can do what I do. (laughs) That's become obnoxious at the Sunbury <laughs> yes, <okay>. Motor Company. <laughs> that's true. All right. No, don't do that. All right. So that's the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line now wide open 1-800-795-9565. That's 1-800-795-9565. Email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. We spoke yesterday about uh, voter ID. I think that probably dominated most of the show. We had attorney. Cliff Readers uh, say that he is not a fan of voter ID. I'm sorry, he is. He is and uh, listed some pretty compelling reasons why it would be a good idea. So we can wrap up that
2: conversation. And he was appointed as a federal judge by Bill Clinton. No, he's so nominated. which means he's not nominated. That nominated. means he's not a die-in-the-wool Republican. No, he's, and he's
1: not a political hack either. He participates in assisting any party who needs great counsel. He assists the whole legislature when it comes to drafting laws of, to word them in such a manner that they can be enforceable. And uh, really, I mean, he's had a huge impact. Look at his vitae on their website. He's just got a very well. i well, look at his resume. Okay, well that's fine. Look at his resume on their website. You and your fancy words, accoutrements, vitae. I don't know why they call it a vitae. Attorneys <laughs> call it a vitae. The rest of us dogs have a resume.
2: That's right. Well, we're so. going to bring Cliff down with the rest of us dogs. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Well, yeah, he loves I'm that. I'm sure you wouldn't mind. Right. And he visits us from time to time, yes, he non-pandemic. Does. So hopefully we'll. I'll send him a note as a thank you for yesterday's appearance and tell him next time
2: you're on your way to Harrisburg, stop here. Got the ultimate solution for you. I, I, I've i been thinking about this quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I think since you on the left want to make sure that all these people vote, let's make it illegal not to vote. Oh, I think that's great. It should yeah. be illegal. And anybody goes to
1: jail who doesn't vote. How about that? It should be illegal to not vote, and it should be mandatory carry in the U.S. all the time, <laughs> and all drugs should be legal. So those would be three great improvements for the country. And well, There's not, a dystopian uh, society well, if not there ever was drugs. one. <laughs> Just marijuana. That <laughs> should be legal. And uh, let's see. What else? go legalized prostitution.
2: Uh, well, get, you're on a roll today. Get, uh, <laughs> we legis- will recognize the United States of America after you're done with it. Get legislators out of women's doctor's offices would be We like nice. Marktopia all over again.
1: All right. 1-800-795-9565. So that's one. Th- those are some of the things that yeah. we talked about yesterday. We also, Joe came across a clipping where a school district in New Jersey. New Jersey right. Tenafly. New
2: Jersey. You know what Tenafly was famous for? Uh, yes. A famous person from Tenafly, New Jersey. Uh, a boxer. Leslie Gore. No, nope, not a boxer. <laughs> no. Singer. Great singer. Anyway, I, I, I'm ambivalent about this story. I, I think you, you get what you ask for, and then when you ask for it and you don't get what you expect, you know, maybe you wind up uh, being a little bit concerned. But a first-person essay on Adolf Hitler that was written by a fifth-grade student in New Jersey is under investigation. There have been questions raised about the fifth-grade class project. We understand understand that tensions are running high and that our community is extremely upset. We share those feelings, Tenafly Public School Superintendent said in a statement. We are reviewing all of the facts surrounding this matter and will provide an update this week. The handwritten bio, written in the Nazi leader's voice, was displayed in a hallway at Maugham Elementary School in Tenafly, according to Englewood resident Laurie Burke, who posted a picture of the essay on Facebook. Burke said the student dressed as Hitler while delivering the character development project to the entire class. My greatest accomplishment was uniting a great mass of German and Austrian people behind me, the student wrote in the handwritten report that was entitled Accomplishments. I was pretty great, wasn't I, the essay read. I was very popular with many people who followed me until I died. My belief in anti-Semitism drove me to kill more than six million Jews. Burke's Facebook post sparked angry messages from users on the social media platform among the local community. How is this possible in one of the most Israeli towns in the country? I am disgusted, one user wrote. Uh, I am in shock. This is terrible, another replied. But there's more to the story. Um, This is a country filled with children and grandchildren of Holocaust survivors. As there are fewer survivors still alive, we must remember and teach our children the atrocities of this monster and not his accomplishments, Burke wrote in a separate... Facebook statement. Now here's the leader, the the teacher was Jewish, who gave this assignment. And we fully appreciate, this is again from the statement from the school district, we fully appreciate the concerns that have arisen regarding a fifth grade class assignment on social norms and historical figures who personify good or evil, DeMarco wrote. The assignment asks students to speak from the perspective of one of these individuals and how they might have perceived and rationalized their actions. When people saw the students' projects which were displayed in the school, they did not understand the assignment, resulting in justified concerns. Now, the student did exactly what, the, well, what they were instructed to do. They were told uh, to pick someone, good or evil, and write from their perspective what they achieved.
1: Mm-hmm. And the student did that. The but some people that. find that that would be uh, portraying Adolf Hitler in
2: a favorable light. Well, I guess the words, I was pretty great, wasn't I? Right. Well, and I think... But Hitler uh, would have believed that. <laughs> right. And...
1: Uh, he speaks frankly about his disdain for the Jews and why he... Well, no,
2: really doesn't. He? he says, my belief in anti-Semitism drove me to kill more than six million Jews. Okay. That's not really a justification. It's not really an explanation. It's just a statement of fact.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, and some people are upset that anybody was able to portray Adolf Hitler in this manner. Why?
2: Why you could allow something like this to be posted in the school? But it's exactly what the teacher asked for. Is not Adolf Hitler the most infamous person ever? Well, and certainly in our lifetime, or in our immediate lifetime, if you will, I can't think of anybody worse, Right. until you go back to people like Torquemada and some of the other people who have oppressed human <laughs> beings over the years. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, so, okay, so you have this school that has
1: this assignment, and parents and the public are upset that anybody could potentially be favoring Adolf Hitler in a favorable light, right. and, or, or speaking in first person as him. That's an odd thing to read. It sounds strange. What's the first... The first sentence is almost
2: chilling. Um, my greatest accomplishment was uniting a great mass of German and Austrian people behind me uh, under accomplishments. I was pretty great, wasn't I? I was very popular with many people who followed me until I died. Wow. Uh, my belief, and they misspelled belief, in anti Semitism drove me to kill more than six million Jews. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So, But you're not sure. Should the student be allowed to do that? Uh, you're not sure if the answer is yes or no? I'm well, not sure I, d- I
2: don't know that the student did anything wrong, and I don't know that the teacher did anything wrong. It was a reasonable class assignment. And the, the student did a reasonable thing. He did what the teacher said. He took someone who was either, uh, who personified either good or evil. The teacher okay. didn't say personified good, the, te- the assignment was personified good or evil, and from their perspective, explain what they did. All right. I'm sorry to laugh. I, that
1: was an accident. I'm reading something in my notes here. All right. One What's your view on this? Should a student, under any circumstances at all whatsoever, period, be able to uh, portray Adolf Hitler in a potentially favorable light, or at least
2: a realistic light uh, from first person? But what about the community reaction? I think that's that's more of an interest to me. Okay. The, the community is going off the rails over this, and apparently it is a rather large Jewish population. The teacher's Mm -hmm. Jewish, you know, and Tenafly, New Jersey, is well known for being a fairly Jewish settlement. Um, So, you know, but can we not look at the Holocaust from the point of view other than the point of view from the Jewish people. I mean, it was horrible. I mean, I can't think of anything more horrendous that ever happened in history than the Holocaust. Right, so the student picked the most evil person But on the other hand, if we don't examine Adolf Hitler, if we don't learn from Adolf Hitler... Where are we?
1: Well, that's true. You have to learn about it so that you can know about it, so that you can, you know, appreciate, but uh, well, depreciate it, I guess, for lack of
2: a better phrase. Our, our friend Jeff McCosland, who wrote the great book Battle Tested, which I'm reading and you have read, mm-hmm. uh, in a, autographing um, our copies of the book, um, said, "Joe, learn from the past and prepare for the future," and I think that's great advice. That's that. Yeah, because if we don't learn from the past, if we don't take those lessons that we have been taught, those terrible lessons we've been taught, and and learn from them, we are doomed to repeat them. And so we also
1: complain that students aren't being taught history. Well, here's a history lesson that was taken to heart by a student who, by all accounts, fulfilled the assignment. They don't say if the student was Jewish or if the student's
2: parents were Jewish, but, you know, Mm -hmm. let's assume that they weren't. Uh, and that this young man uh, in the fifth that. grade didn't didn't quite comprehend the uh, the total implications of what Hitler did and how he behaved. But still, the problem, the problem is that he followed the assignment. He did exactly what he was told to do. We have a call coming in, I well, guess. Yep, We've got a call. We're going to
1: take this call right now. Go ahead. You are on the air. Just stand. I recognize that laugh, <laughs> yeah. that, that nervous yeah, that laugh thing. whenever you talk to me. <laughs>
3: Uh, good morning. Uh, yeah, I mean, talking about what this kid did, he probably didn't do anything wrong, but maybe the school or the, the teacher should have put a little context on the wall by the, you know, if they'd explain it on the wall, a little context about why this is there and what the assignment was. Then that would have maybe alleviated some of the outrage.
1: Okay, well, yeah. Oh, so, so that any parent or somebody from the community that sees that or hears about it would understand precisely what's being said, right? Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point. If they if. Every parent and member of the community knew everything that there is to know about this assignment, right. you know, why it was presented, maybe even why the student chose that individual, though, you know, picking probably the single most famous person.
2: Well, ever. if you're asked to personify good or evil, Hitler comes to mind as an obvious choice on the evil side. Right. So. <laughs>
3: right. I mean, he could have picked Mao or, or Stalin or, you know, because they both of those are responsible for millions of deaths, too, of their own people. True. So, I mean, there's a lot of evil out there on the, you know, and, and they all tend to be on the socialist side of things. So. You that's, wa- that's, you know, that's evil personified right there.
1: Do you want your students as well-rounded as possible mm-hmm. when it comes to this kind of thing? It's it's almost in, in a manner of speaking like the teaching of critical race theory in schools where folks say, well, that puts whites on the defensive and could, could make them feel bad. But it is Just a theory. It isn't a practice, you know, it's not a curriculum. It's just one theory that's taught in, you know, as part of a school. So do you want students to not grow up and and know about one theory that's it's kind of extreme, I guess, or or like the 1619 project that is black history written from the perspective of blacks. Do you not want them to know that? Do you want them to not know what happened in Tulsa? You know, we had a whitewashing of that in the U.S., as near as I can tell, by all accounts. Do you not want them to know about that? So, you know, is this well-rounded, uh, graphically tough lesson worth it, if the kids can handle it?
3: Uh, uh, yeah, all of it should be taught, as long as all of it is taught, if you know what I mean.
1: Right, if you right. teach not one theory. one
3: side or the other, it's all taught. The what's, where's, why's, and when's of what, what happened. Because my understanding, I just here listened to a radio broadcast this morning on Sirius, and Tulsa wasn't the only place where the black community was, you know, pillaged and burned and killed. It happened down in North and South Carolina. Hmm. So back in that time frame, so we need to know what, why, and where, and and who did it. And uh, from what I could understand. It was a left-leaning, people, party that did it. That's all I'm going to say. Take it, that where you want it. From.
1: You mean in the Carolinas
2: or Tulsa? North Carolinas <laughs> in
3: Tulsa. Both. Okay. Okay.
2: Yeah. But you can't so you they, can't they, ignore they, the Klan influence in these issues, in these events at all.
3: Right, and, and and the Klan was started by one particular party, but you know, I'm I'm, I'm not going to say it because people know who it is. And you know, it's just, you know, everybody says, well, you're dumping on them." Well, no, the, the history is the history.
2: Oh, dump on oh, Nathan it Dump on Nathan Bedford Forrest. he was the founder. <laughs> Get better, oh, yeah. general.
3: And, and he leaned, you know, he was, you know, pretty much from one party, and that whole crew was, it, whatever. I mean, that is what it is, but we're not taught mm-hmm. all that history in school, which we should be.
1: Well, an interesting dilemma is going to be, how will you teach in the years ahead, this is just a corollary statement, maybe a little asterisk, how will you teach about President Trump, because so many people see him so differently, you know, Stan, you, you may see him one way, Dan sees him another, uh, Joe sees him another way, and I see him another way. How would you objectively teach history about that, you know, if you can just stick to the facts, I
2: guess that could be... You would wonderful. report. You would report his accomplishments, and you would report his failures.
3: And that that's that's how it should be taught, the facts. And that's the problem. There's too much on both Mm -hmm. sides. Both sides do it, put their little uh, their uh, uh, how do you how do you spin their biases towards it.
2: Right. Everybody puts their spin on it. Right. So what do we remember today about people like uh, former presidents? Um, what do we remember about Calvin Coolidge? He didn't talk a lot. He was called Silent Cal. What are we, what are we taught about John Kennedy? That he was a womanizer, uh, but also a great leader. You know, I think history has the—it takes a while. I mean, Thomas Jefferson, for example, when I was growing up, the history of Thomas Jefferson was one of our founding fathers, and the guy was squeaky clean. Then we find out he was having affairs with his slave Sally Hemings and may what? have fathered several I illegitimate children. You know, so at, at some point— we wind up seeing the warts and all this history too, and now because there are warts, the people who are, are on the left say, "Oh my gosh, these people had warts! Let's tear down their statues, rename their buildings. We can't have this. We can't have these yep, warts." Yep. And well, yet, the warts are what make the warts are what learn make from them history, human. History,
3: you're doomed to repeat it.
1: Yep, I, I agree. This is a no wart zone.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, Stan, we'll give you the last word. Thanks for calling in on this topic. Anything to add?
3: Well, history needs to be taught, and it needs to be taught all the facts, not the biases, not the, you know, from either side, just the facts, and let the people decide what they want to take from all those facts.
1: All right, well said.
3: There's a lot of evil out there, and those facts need to be taught of why it's evil and what that evil has done. And I'm talking mostly about the socialist, communist-type political leanings. And until that is taken care of, we're we're doomed to go back down that, those sorry paths. And, you know, it's not good for anybody. Right,
2: well, absolutely. just think about as you go through your day-to-day, think of Warren G. Harding and the White House closets with Nan Britton and what happened there.
3: I don't know what happened What
2: the happened there? <laughs> <laughs> he fathered an illegitimate child. Oh, I see. In the <laughs> oh, closet. Okay. <laughs> okay. See, warts had, and all. Had the Secret Service standing guard to make sure his wife didn't open the doors. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, that's what
3: they're there for, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's why they call them the Secret Service. Yeah, they used to call them Dirty Little Secret
1: Service, but they shortened the name. All right. Thank you so much, Stan. Thanks for calling in. Bobby, stand by. We've got to take a quickie break. Uh, you're going to be the next person on the radio here. I want to tell you about a vehicle that I have. Driven around that has a 363 degree camera around it, It means you can see all the way around you. I call it, it's like having a little drone fly above you all the time. But I went to SunburyMotors.com, looked on the website at a Ford F 150 that they had there. This is the antimatter blue one with that dark gray accent that was just gorgeous. XLT chrome appearance package, 2.7 liter V6 EcoBoost motor with a start stop technology. I'll tell you what, uh, (laughs) getting up to 30 miles to the gallon on the highway is just a ridiculous. Enough, but it's got the 360-degree camera package, so you can see all sides of the vehicle. Plus, it has spotlights on all four sides; they're all LED, so you can see what you're doing if you're trying to load the truck at night, or you're wrapping up a fishing trip, or uh, you, for in Joe's case, you're at Best Buy and you can't see your way through the parking lot. 360-degree camera package onboard, 400-watt outlet. If you're going to run the, gen- you need a generator just for a short amount of time, you can run it from the battery. If not, start the motor, and uh, it will. be... Be uh, providing uh, 110 power for you uh, for all of your needs while you're doing work outdoors. So this is that's just a part of the technology package that had had an integrated brake controller, so you could back up a trailer with the greatest of ease. SunburyMotors.com is where that purchase starts from. That got us on the process of ordering another couple of two-tree trucks from the Sunbury Motor Company, and they'll be arriving soon. And uh, we'll be talking about those uh, too. So, This is just a great truck, F-150, the most modern truck in the world. And they would just love to hook you up at the Sunbury Motor Company. we got an open line right now, 1-800-795-9565. Too realistic in a New Jersey classroom if a fifth grader portrays, actually stands up and portrays and does first-person accounts of Adolf Hitler, and the community finds out and has a meltdown. Uh, Is that appropriate? The boy was following the assignment uh, to pick somebody significant in history and uh, do the world from their We're personified perspective. good or evil good or evil right one 800 we would love to hear from you on this topic should the community be upset that somebody accurately portrayed adolf hitler in fifth grade Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. 1 800 795 9565. Ultra speedy dialers only at this point in the program, but we'll have open phones during the 9 a.m. hour. Your view on Adolf Hitler, this idea of somebody portraying him firsthand. Uh, Bob, thanks for calling in.
5: Um, okay, when it comes to that particular time in history, I was fortunate to have relatives who lived back then. Because my grandfather uh, and my great-uncles and aunts came from Germany, and uh, the uh, conditions of living over there to make a living uh... those people came here to the united states and came here and settled in uh, sunbury but then for a while my great-uncle uh... went back over with his father to germany and things were not so well uh... over there and he convinced his father because he was like a landscaper and that which would have been my great-grandfather and that but he you know convinced him to come back uh... to the united states and they ended up in the allentown Bethlehem, and easton area but uh, he didn't feel. In fact, I have letters in that that he wrote to his grandsons about the history and that. But the but the thing is, what was happening over there, uh, he didn't uh, he didn't particularly like what was happening. So he convinced his father uh, to come back to the United States.
6: Okay, and so at that
5: point, of course, you know he could see the writing on the wall as to what uh, I'm going to say the Communist Party and everybody was doing back then to say let's let's get out of Dodge while we can.
1: Okay. All right. Well, yeah. So that's that's your family story. Should you be able to portray Hitler potentially in a favorable light, but maybe just in an accurate, realistic light if that's the assignment at school? Yes. Okay, super. All right, well, good answer. All right. Thank you so much, Bobby. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for the history. We appreciate that. Thanks. All right, thank you. Okay, yep. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We'd love to hear from you. You can send us a text at 70236. Include the keyword OTM.
2: But you brought up a good point. How, how do we teach about Donald Trump? How do we teach about Adolf Hitler? You know, can we ever... Look at his motivations. For example, he was a failed artist. He wanted to go to the Trump. art institute. No, no, Adolf Hitler. Hitler. He wanted okay. to go to the art institute in Linz. He was turned down. His artwork wasn't considered good enough. For a time, he earned pennies peddling his artwork in the streets of Vienna. You know, so this is a guy who, who experienced failure before he became successful, if you will. Do you call what he did success? Well, he rose from nothing to lead a great country, great power. He rearmed the Germany. He brought back its greater glory before he destroyed it utterly. I mean, this is a complex yeah, guy. what if he had
1: done a pivot and become a righteous person at the right time?
2: Right. I mean, th- this is a complex guy. This is not somebody you could just smear a, a broad brushstroke on. You have to look at the total, you know, what drove him. Uh, he was a hero in World War One. He had the Iron Cross. He was a dispatch runner, uh, and he uh, was wounded. In action, So, I mean, he, he fought valiantly for, I guess you could say, for his side in World War I. Um, you know, he tried to overthrow the government, which makes him an anarchist. Mm-hmm. He eventually did overthrow it and had no intention of having any kind of a republic or a democracy, if you will. He just wanted to be the supreme leader, and he was. Of course, he so, invaded other countries. Yeah, well, he certainly broke the peace. There's no question about that. And if he had survived, he would have been hung like everybody else at Nuremberg. Well, and if uh, you come up with some
1: sort of an objective way to teach about President Trump, but what if a liberal sees that and says, well, no, you have to portray him as, uh, you know, a terrible president. Or a conservative sees it and says, no, you have to show what a fabulous president he was.
0: News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan.
1: Greetings, welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. Joe, if you give up on voter ID and you're ready to concede, we shouldn't have it, say nothing. All right, I win the argument. Thank you so much for being silent at that key moment. On the Mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. Joe stepped out of the room for a moment, so I was taking advantage. Email us at onthemark at WKOK.com, and you can text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. I told our listeners, if uh, everybody agrees that voter IDs are Good idea. You (laughs) should remain silent. And of course, you said nothing. So, all right. It may not have been exactly what I said. Something like that.
2: I'll listen to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Will you? Okay.
1: Work starts this month on Lewisburg's extension of the rail trail. Work in Hoofnago Park, the restoration of the floodplain along Bull Run and that extension of the rail trail to Bucknell are on the agenda this month and into next spring in Lewisburg. The borough in a statement this week says construction on the $1.4 million project is funded from several state sources and the borough of Lewisburg. The statement reads uh, that the extension of the Buffalo Valley Rail Trail in Lewisburg from Market Street to the campus of Buck now will be a paved mixed use path for both pedestrians and bicyclists and will be constructed along the municipal parking lot in Hoofnago Park, St. Louis Street, between the railroad tracks and South 6th Street and along the east side of South uh, 6th Street. The natural play area will be adjacent to the Kidsburg uh, Playground and the floodplain restoration and native plantings will uh, be in the Bull Run Limestone Run watershed and that should help reestablish the original floodplain there and would add additional holding capacity during flooding. Events residents are asked to be aware of the construction in that area of Lewisburg. A noted Lycoming County attorney, a guest on WKOK's On The Mark program on several occasions says there should be comprehensive voter reform in the U.S. He also says he doesn't think laws regarding voter ID violate anyone's rights. Cliff Readers was on WKOK yesterday. I hope You heard that. He says the January 6th Congressional Commission should be unnecessary, but what is necessary is comprehensive voter reform. He believes what is racist and bigoted in the conversation is the assumption that portions of the population are not competent enough to get a voter ID.
5: If you're saying an individual, because of the color of skin, is not capable, or their income level, or where they live, is not capable of complying with a voter ID, I don't see anything inherently racist about it. I just don't get that why we would hold people to a lower standard.
1: Readers is also in favor of comprehensive voter reform with an independent study of voting laws in the country to clean up the system and get some uniformity between states and federal governments. You can hear more on the WKOK podcast page. And Associated Press's Reporting, Three Pennsylvania lawmakers were in Arizona Wednesday to check out the state GOP's partisan audit of the 2020 election, or the fraud-it, as some folks call it. Uh, they are the latest Republicans to make a pilgrimage to Phoenix, ground zero in the Stop the Steal movement's push to find support for conspiracy theories suggesting the election was stolen from former President Donald Trump. U.S. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, Joe's hero, and Matt Gates, his other hero, cheered the audit at a rally just outside Phoenix last month. The next day, several prominent Trump supporters and conspiracy promoters were advertised as speakers at a Phoenix mega church,
2: including... Adolf a, Hitler, Mark's favorite. He does, <laughs> he's in favor of it, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you slay me sometimes.
1: Anyway... Uh, uh, I wish. The rest is commentary from the Associated Press, but one of the individuals there, Doug Mastriano, of course, the noted uh, state uh, uh, senator, has become a one-man force in conservative politics lately in Pennsylvania, leading the anti-masking protests last year, pushing to overturn President Trump's re-election loss, and showing up outside the U.S. Capitol during the January 6th riot. In November, Mastriano organized a hearing in Gettysburg that featured Rudy Giuliani on a phone call appearance by Trump in which the president claimed the election was rigged and urged state lawmakers to overturn the result. All three visiting Pennsylvania lawmakers were among the 64 Republican legislators who signed a letter asking the state's congressional delegation to object to Pennsylvania's Electoral College
2: votes being cast for Biden. Why is this a story now? This is is hackneyed stuff. I mean, we've been all through this. Well, What's making it a oh, story today? They wish to bring
1: this to Pennsylvania. Mastriano says the best thing to do would be to bring a fraud it to Pennsylvania. Okay.
2: Well, you know, you got you get on me where one person said something, uh, you know, and I, I, expo- I ex- take that and expound it to mean other people. Mm-hmm. This is one nut. Okay. Right? Right. I mean, That's no, absolutely no,
1: true. and hopefully. So why the, is this a story? Hopefully he'll be the GOP nominee, so it'll be much easier to defeat once people find out who he really is.
2: Well, I mean, let's get a left-wing story with some nutty stuff like um, uh, well, Olivia Ocasio-Cortez. In, oh, why don't we call it every day <laughs> around here with your Fox <laughs> clippings that you bring in? <laughs> uh, they're not always Fox. Sometimes they're CNN. No, sometimes they're MSNBC.
1: No, no, they're Fox. Newsmax and OAS. But
2: Olivia Ocasio-Cortez wants to completely defund the police. She wants to do things like like that. And so- well, she's a nut, but that doesn't stand <laughs> for all liberals. Well, I mean, we're running this story. I mean, Mastriano. If President Trump thinks he'd be a good governor for Pennsylvania, he's certainly entitled to that opinion. I'm not so certain that the president's
1: (laughs) staff says that Trump never said that. He never said that he would. He never urged him to run. No, they conversed with it and that he would be a good governor, but he did not endorse him. Mastriano came back and said the president would endorse him, but a spokesman for President Trump said that they never talked about an endorsement and that the president has no. Plans to endorse anybody in particular. Because is a nut, and people, Republicans will see that. He's most likely not the nominee. It's probably. Well, no, you Parnell. know, I think
2: he and Fetterman would be a great combination. Fetterman's a nut.
1: Well, they're running for different offices, unfortunately. Yeah, they that would be. They should run for the same office. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> Mastriano versus Parnell, part we might as well do it like uh, MMA fighting instead. Oh, that would be very good. Fetterman would win that. He looks like he could handle himself in a bar fight. We don't need all these pesky balloting. <laughs> all right, we got open phones, so folks. You certainly have a conversation starter with the Adolf Hitler class or element of a class that was in a fifth grade in New Jersey. We'd love to hear your view on that. Uh, maybe there's something else on your mind, of course, Doug Mastriano doing what he does best, which is be ultra conservative and way out front of a lot of these important conversations. So he's back in the news for that. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. I, I think the uh, audit of Arizona is fun to watch. I just wish the company do it. it. wasn't the Cyber ninjas—it makes it sound like it's like a game or something. Well,
2: I know on MSNBC, I was watching Morning Joe yesterday, and I did—I didn't bring it up. But they're reporting now that President Trump is telling people that he will be reinstated in office by August. Mm. Now, have you heard anything like that? I haven't. I don't know where <laughs> they're making this stuff up or whether it's true. Well, this is
1: the president's view on this, that, you know, once once the Arizona audit starts, the dominoes falling and the election is found to be fraudulent and some minor anomalies or some fraud that was mostly in Trump's favor. Sidney
4: Powell actually said that this week. Who? The, or the former her former his former lawyer the QAnon person oh, the, cindy oh, powell who she stood up with rudy giuliani at one point uh, during the recount and everything she said that she thought he would be reinstated this oh so year.
2: he didn't say it well they reported msnbc reported it the trump said was yeah I, I don't know if
4: trump said it as well but i know that she did
2: yeah i think trump might have repeated it maybe
1: that's what he did he repeated it well i don't know was but I, mean, I hadn't
2: seen any reporting on it rob at least has somebody something credible but I haven't seen any reporting on that. And and what does he think is going to happen with Amazing this audit? Amazing producer. Yeah, what's going to happen? doing our fact-checking. What's going to happen with this audit? What do they expect to happen there? Uh, what are I, we on? Well, I, I
1: think there's a lot of very important conspiracy theories about ballots from China and rice paper and... Uh, rice uh, paper? I must add. The... Uh, Aliens were involved in making... Oh, aliens. Well, okay. that's what uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene says, is that aliens were involved in beaming down ballots that were... So when you saw the pictures of the Democratic emergency ballots, they came from aliens. They weren't from... Well, you were the one who brought them up, so you must have... Well, they are on Facebook. That's where I saw them. <laughs> that's a, a, a bogus meme that's made to look like Democrats well, had a van full of Democratic emergency ballots. Would you doubt that they did? <laughs> I don't. Well, not in the manner the picture depicted. They may have cheated in some way. I guess that's not absolutely. I'm sure somewhere the Republican emergency ballots existed exactly. too. Well, but anyway, they didn't have a, a, a white unmarked van back up to the door of courthouses and unload boxes that were labeled Democratic emergency
2: ballots. But Balance. you know what? What bothers me is this constitutional. Uh, I don't know how you would say it, angst the Democrats are going through. They want to change everything because they can't get their way. I think some Democrats do, but I think the mainstream well, Democrats... I'm talking about Washington, not the people, the rank-and-file Democrats, who I think are just great people like the rest of us in this country. But it, it, this political urge to change everything to your right. advantage, don't they realize that this is going to come around to bite them at some point right in the posterior? Well, as it is in Republican
1: states where you know voter uh, suppression laws are... Or what people are calling some of the changes. I know we can have a debate about whether they are or not. But
2: um, Justice Breyer remarked that he didn't think packing the Supreme Court was a good idea. The next day, an MSNBC, um, what do you call it, moderator was calling him naive, and there was a a wagon going around Washington, D.C., with a banner urging him to resign before he destroyed his legacy. You know, so we're going to pack the court. We're going to abolish the filibuster. We're going to do all these things just because we want it. We're not getting our way, and yet they say the Republicans are not being collegial. They're not being nonpartisan. <laughs> yeah. I well, who is a, it that's trying to change the entire system? It's a
1: pandemic in Washington that has affected everyone pretty equally. I mean, you know, in as much as I raise up Marjorie Taylor Greene as being a flake, well, y- when you, you look up, up flake in the dictionary, there is a picture of Marjorie Taylor. Well, Greene. but AOC's. In, uh, She's it, right. Beside it's split screen. so? Right. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We're talking about the division in the U.S. And uh, I'm going to say this. We're making light of it, but it is a big dilemma. Our republic is, has a disease right now, and we've got to get this cured, or we're in trouble. I honestly think that... What disease have we got, just out of curiosity? This... Political division okay. and just horrendously divisive uh, rhetoric and vitriol and violence associated with it. Uh, you know, I, I think January 6th is just the tip of the iceberg. You know, I think if things don't change that the, you know, the people who are the Oath Keepers, not the Oath Keepers group, you know, their masthead doesn't say, hey, we're going to take over. I think other individuals who were members of that group or the Proud Boys or the uh, the other group, then escape my memory at the moment, that their Q-Anon, the other group, oh, Q-Anon, okay. they're group, QAnon, they're going to form a coup and they're going to cause more problem. Now, I don't think it's going to overturn the fact that the United States exists as a country, but I think we have trouble ahead if we don't get everybody
2: on the same page. Well, I mean I think we should the Republicans made a terrible mistake by not agreeing to the independent inv- or the bipartisan investigation, even though, as Cliff Readers pointed out, the wording makes it sound like it was narrowly focused on Trump's campaign. And its greatest accomplishment would be <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Right. Well, but still, I mean, if if it, if it were expanded to look into all aspects of what went on, whether Nancy mm-hmm. Pelosi had any responsibility, whether Capitol Police, if they examined the whole thing, I've got no problem with it. But you know that we can't do any of this stuff in a nonpartisan way unless we are willing to put party, party partisan politics aside. For a while. Get some civil discourse Well, called. you know, is a f- the fact that American citizens stormed our Capitol, is that concerning? Hell, yes, it's concerning. Oh, my concerning. gosh, yes, absolutely. You know, and do I want to know what happened and who's responsible for it? You bet I do.
1: Well, and but it's- I want it to be fair. Is it concerning that uh, the, the former president of the United States can't use Twitter and Facebook? Yes, no, it's not. I, yes, I argue that they, it is private industry and that's they can set their own rules, okay, they can do that. But half the country thinks that a significantly important voice is being silenced. That's not nothing, you know, that's important. So now you have... Uh, you no longer have your, your capital building where your your government is located safe. You have a hundred, millions of people feel as though their voice is being literally silenced. You have a president who says that uh, our election, which we really rely on and to to you know help affect positive change in the U.S. or any kind of change, was unreliable and was fraudulent. You know, the U.S. is built on a foundation, and about six of the bricks are completely shut. Got right now.
2: Well, you know, there was a time in this country where we could at least agree on certain key issues. We could agree on things like how to defend our country. We can't agree on that now. We can't, we can't decide on whether the border should be opened or closed. We can't decide whether or not we want to fund the military or cut the military budget. You know, we have people on one side looking for political advantage on this set of issues, people on the other side looking for political advantage on another set of issues. And so all we're doing is posturing for pot for political gain and that's what stinks And is this the worst we've ever been We had a civil
1: war because of issues of this very nature slavery well. One I'm not saying anybody's advocating that, but is... Uh, Unless you favor the lost cause theory, in which case it was states' rights. Uh, let's suppose that uh, you firmly believe the election was stolen. Let's suppose you're one of 70 million people who voted for President Trump who feel the election was stolen. Is that worth violently fighting
2: for? Well, I would have to have some really concrete proof that the election was tainted before i would be inclined to take to the streets even though we actually had that in in the tilden uh, election you know where there was actual proof that the republicans and the democrats conspired i mean the democrats wanted an end to reconstruction and so right. they agreed to give him uh, give uh, hayes the 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 presidency in return for getting troops out of the south so i mean that was a corrupt election The guy who really won it never became president because the politicians on both sides cut a deal. 1-800-795-9565
1: 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. we got a few callers standing by. We're talking about the collapse of our republic. Earlier we talked about uh, Hitler in perspective at a classroom. A fifth grader in New Jersey portrayed him in a uh, realistic light as the, through first person. That upset some folks, so we will get that call. Uh, but we're talking about uh, January 6th. Is, is Was January 6th an incident or the first chapter? 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners sends a note, says, Morning, guys. So if the audience audits find that the presidential election for 2020 was corrupt, what would that mean to you? Would that break the system from here on out? Or what would be the solution to fix it that both sides
2: would want to vote again? Well, I don't think you could redo the election. If there was fraud, then whoever benefited from the fraud should have that benefit taken away. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If uh, President Biden benefited from fraud, and it can be proved that he knew about it, and right. participated in it, that he, he should be removed from office and impeached, which is the only way you can do that. And maybe that would happen in a But time I don't think there's any, any mechanism that I'm aware of, and maybe I'm just not aware, that could undo an election after it's been done and certified by the states. In other words, whether it's right or wrong, the vote totals were right. certified. There's no
1: recount. There's that, no
2: outstanding lack of certification anywhere as far as I'm aware
1: of. Maybe you could hold a recall vote and then, of course,
2: endorse. There's no provision to recall the president of the United States. Well, but you can recall other people. Who? You can impeach the president. You can do that. He's pushing it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes, All he right.
1: Is. We have a call coming in. we got two waiting. Lance has been ultra, ultra, ultra patient to talk about our first topic, and that is uh, this idea of teaching Adolf Hitler first person in a favorable light, or, or maybe a, a truthful light, as Hitler would say it, uh, in schools. Good morning, sir. Thanks for calling in.
7: Well, I don't know, really, if it was a favorable light. It uh, certainly uh, was a true light, you know, where he said that uh, that the, uh, what, what drove him to kill the Jews was his uh, anti-Semitism. Right. And that would throw it out there, right?
2: It <laughs> was a statement of fact. You know, it wasn't, right. wasn't, edi- wasn't commending him. It wasn't calling that an accomplishment or an achievement. It was just a statement of fact.
7: Right, okay. Now, also, now this is just directed uh, to Mark, okay? Mm -hmm. If I say to you, let 10,000 flowers bloom, what does that call to mind to you?
2: (laughs) I know, me, 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 Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. (laughs) The cultural revolution.
7: Right, right, you do not know. That precipitated killing, that was probably 10 times worse than the Holocaust. That was where Chairman Mao said that word, and what he meant was anybody that didn't agree to him, agree with him, he wanted to hear everybody's ideas. And everybody that didn't agree with him, he killed.
2: Actually, I thought he meant let 10,000 flowers bloom. He was trying to tell people, all right, let me know if you disagree, so i know exactly who you are, and I can come for you.
7: Right, and that's exactly what he did. Yep. Yeah. And I have said that to People who had more college degrees than you could imagine, and they didn't know. And I, I think that is really horrific, don't you? It and was Hitler is the only one is, we exemplify evil with Hitler. And well, he sure did.
2: You could have taken but, somebody like Paul Pott as well, but yeah. you know, he's. What do we know about Paul Pott? We know about Hitler. We know that he took a civilized, cultured people and turned them into mass murderers that's a pretty that's a pretty amazing thing to have been able to do you know how would how would the cultured refined german people fall under the sway of this lunatic that that's a study right there
7: oh absolutely boy i'll tell you what but uh that uh that type of uh, barbarism is not even known by everyone yeah is uh pretty incredible isn't
2: it yep sure is yeah but, I mean, the teacher okay. got what the, the teacher asked for. And I think it was a good – I think as an assignment goes, I – and as someone who wanted to teach history, I think it was a great assignment. You know, take someone who personifies good or evil and from their perspective tell us what they accomplished and what they did and how they felt. You know, that encourages the student to dig into that that historical figure, not just on the surface, but to try and find some underlying meaning behind what they did. And I think this student for a fifth grader did fairly well. I mean, they they identified the anti-Semitism. They identified the fact that this guy was able to convince large numbers of people in two countries to back him. You know, I think the student should get an A.
7: I me too. I mean, me too. Why, something here... He um, may have. We don't know don't that. Know. <laughs> uh, uh, on the uh, news at the top of the hour, they were talking about a girl who was uh, precluded from uh, giving her commencement speech because it dealt with her opposition to abortion. Well, that poor kid was really uh, talking about things that weren't true. I mean, she talked like she was going to have to raise that kid no matter what, and it was going to ruin her life. All she has to do is call one of us pro life nutcases. We have enough folks coming in for adoption if she can't take care of the kid, you know, to help. And um, people still have the idea that like it was 60 years ago that you got the kid that's yours you have to take care of it well nothing's further from the truth
2: well even in at some hospitals and places like that you can just drop the child off
7: well in pennsylvania any of them well yeah, yeah. so uh, and not just
4: hospitals
2: no uh, uh, other places yeah. true yeah okay
7: like our volunteer fire companies so they'll take care of them too no questions right.
2: asked. Yeah. Great.
7: Thank you. Thank you, Lance. Appreciate right. your Thank call. Thank you so much, Take care.
1: Lance. Appreciate the call. Al, you are next up. I said the foundation of our republic had a few bad bricks. What's your view on this topic? Here's one of the bad
2: bricks about to speak. Oh. <laughs> Only kidding. <Al. laughs>
8: I've been called brick before, but that's all right. Thick as a brick, maybe. Well, that's, that's true, because I'm <laughs> about as tough as one, too. Okay. But um, Black Lives Matter this summer statistics are in. Over 105 days, there was 28 dead, over 100 cops injured, 1 billion and a 1 billion and a half in damages, 400 businesses burnt down, a courthouse under siege, a jail lit on fire with the officers in supply, inside, supplies set out for the riots, hotel rooms rented for the people, transportation provided, and 105 days of that went on, and where's the investigation for that?
1: Well, aren't all those, uh, how many arrests? That's the biggest statistic. Tell me about the thousands of no, arrests.
8: Most of those people were let loose because of the cities they were in, and they didn't even have to post bail.
1: So, but I, I realize that may be true for some of the individuals. How many arrests took place, though?
8: I don't have that statistics, so I would be guessing, but...
1: Hmm. um okay.
8: And back on another subject is, if you're talking about holocaust, is we have 64 million since 1973 abortions in this country since then. And also Fauci is being found responsible for funding the lab that this came from. So, I mean, the world is totally screwed up and we're not going to get any truth out of the media you aren't going to find the truth out of the media. I mean, when it comes out of statistics and history, then you can surmise that these are the facts, but true reporting is just about dead.
1: All right, we got you. All right, anything else, sir? We'll give you the last
2: word. Give us another day and we'll kill it off completely. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure.
8: No, I just wanted to read those statistics and, uh, you you know, If you have any common sense at all, you can see how screwed up the world is. And now China's uh, threatening nuclear war against the United States. How much fun is that going to be?
1: I would suggest that that many of the uh, issues at... Black Lives Matter's rally. I mean, uh, were peaceful, and obviously the fringe or the you know the minor percentage, whatever that percentage is. What percentage of Black Lives Matter's rally that were held around the U.S. turned violent and destructive?
8: Uh, There was probably 105.
1: hundred and five percent of billion them
8: and a half in damages how does that compare with
1: okay M- so 105 oh. well that can't be true because there was a peaceful rally in Lewisburg that I attended as a reporter and there was a peaceful rally in Mifflinburg that I drove through just as a pedestrian yeah,
8: but every day there was a riot for 105 days straight
1: so right was, but there oh, are five, tens okay. of thousands of rallies around the US so my question is what's the percentage that turned violent and it's just a trivia it doesn't have anything to do with anything I'm just saying that mo- the vast majority of the rallies that were held last summer were uh, uh, non-violent. So what's that percentage? All of them were investigated. If a crime took place, they were investigated. Do we need a U.S. congressional investigation? Was Nancy Pelosi... You well, you've got
8: to figure out who was uh, funding it. The Black Lives Matter that were sent out to instigate wherever they could start a riot, they started a riot. I, I don't you. know how many there were and what the percentage was, but when they were successful, right. they got on a riot. When they were unsuccessful, gotcha. it's been peaceful.
1: All right, we've got to keep the black man down one way or another. Investigating would <laughs> well, be the I'm best way. I'm not
8: saying that. I'm just saying that, uh, you know, if you're going to say white supremacy is the worst thing our nation faces at this point, when China's threatening a nuclear war against us and we had $105 billion in damages and 105 days of lawlessness last summer, I don't think white supremacy... You know, supreme, yeah, supremacy, the no
1: problem. I got gotcha. you. Okay. All right, thank you so much, Al. Really appreciate your opinions. Yeah. Thank you, sir. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Caller, stand by. We got an open line. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We're talking about a republic, investigating Black Lives Matter, keeping the black man down, uh, making sure that Hitler is accurately depicted somehow, so our history classes are rich with fact. What's your view on all that? 1 800 795 9565. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show.
2: On the mark upper right-hand corner, please, Joe. says, when younger, I always questioned how a country formed on a document that stated all men are created equal allowed slavery. Well, the man who wrote that had slaves. <laughs> right. There were founding fathers that wanted to eliminate slavery but met resistance from the Southern Democrats and had to compromise to unite the colonies to accomplish the priority of separation from England. It took another 100 years, and a lot of blood, I added that, to abolish slavery. Those that paint the entire country as slave-only, white supremacists are wrong. There were plenty of abolitionists before, during, and after the birth of this nation. So true. Oh, well said. Thank you so much. Well uh, B- said. B- Bob, you're on the mark.
6: Yeah, good morning. I just want to say I think we've come a long way since that statement. Uh, as far as uh, the January 6th riot, you know, there's uh, prosecutors in New York to drop charges against one guy at the Capitol, probably because he's going to testify saying that Trump told him, you know, to fight like hell and go up in, to the Capitol and overturn his defeat. But uh, another thing is, the only fraud in the last election was Donald Trump himself. He was asking China and Russia to interfere in our election. That is fraud, in my opinion. That is fraud.
2: Where, where did you know, he ask them to do that? Republicans
6: want to defund the police. Republicans want to defund the police.
2: What uh, are you? Are you smoking anything good? I mean, <laughs> what? What Republican is calling for defunding the police? What Republican?
6: Well, if you tell a lie enough, people will believe it. So but you're Donald telling a lie. Trump, well, I won the election. It was stored. Well, Republicans wanted to fund the police, Joe.
2: Oh, so you're telling a lie to S- repeating I'm it often enough. I'm telling
6: you what Donald Trump would say. <laughs> Republicans wanted to fund the
1: police. Okay.
6: You know, and as far as taking money away from our military. Hell no. They need more money. We have China, who has a larger military. We have other countries that have larger, you know, militaries. And look at Russia, what they're doing, supposedly, you know, with hacking our gasoline system, hacking our meat producers. Who knows what's next? You and, know, and you know, everybody said done.
2: everybody said that uh, Donald Trump was Putin's puppet. But what is Joe Biden doing to put a stop to this? That I can Trump see nothing. Is
6: Putin's puppet? Trump gave Putin all the ways to get back at our country. Well, then why isn't wrong.
2: why isn't Joe Biden That's what's going on? Why isn't Biden cracking down on him?
6: He is. He's going over two weeks to try and talk to the stupid person.
2: Try and talk to them. I, I said, what's he doing to crack down? I mean, what what's tough well, sanctions? what can you do? Well, I think what we, we got,
6: need to do is take away computers and go back to paperwork like we used to do in the old days.
2: I, I like a better idea. I think we should hack their meat supplies and their pipelines and their transit systems, and let's give them a little bit of their uh, own so payback. It, so there you uh, go.
9: What, is, what do you call that? Is, uh,
6: When you kill somebody, it's a tooth for a tooth? Or eye for an, to eye
2: an eye for an eye leaves one, yeah. the whole world blind. Is that blind, what
6: you're saying? Right? It's an eye for an eye now? Yeah,
2: I think that's exactly we're what we should do. that. No, we're not. No. I'm sorry, you kick me in the rear end, and if you turn around, you're going to find my
1: shoe there, too. Vengeance should be the primary you kick me in the ass, I'm calling the police, and
6: you're getting arrested. I like that one. (laughs) You're missing the
2: point, I guess, because uh, what I'm saying is if if someone does you a great injustice, and it harms your citizens. I think, as a president of the United States, I have an obligation to uh, to do something back to them, to show them what it's like to suffer those consequences. All right, thank you if so much. If we can Pop.
6: prove it, come from you. You well, have to prove it was Saddam Hussein. You remember him?
2: Almost everybody concedes these were. Even the president has said that while well, he doesn't think the Russian government did it, that people in Russia did it. So. All right. Thank well, you so remember, much. just remember,
8: Republicans
6: wanted to fund the police.
1: <laughs> we gotta, we, if we say that enough, uh, it'll become true. All right, Cindy, thank you for waiting. You are next up on a vibrant Open Phones Thursday.
10: Sometimes the conversation is so confusing to me, I have trouble following it. But I wanted to say, isn't it interesting, two stories today in the news about students exercising free speech. I listened to... To the young lady the valedictorian speech online it's excellent she makes her her uh, argument in a coherent and articulate way without calling and uh, people names and i applaud her to those people who say it's okay to outlaw abortion and there are lots of people who want to take these children i ask how is it then there are thousands and thousands of children in foster care just here in pennsylvania if this is true that there are all these people with open arms, then why are all these cheap children in foster care? Why haven't
1: well, they want good babies. people stepped up? They want babies. They don't want kids that have already half-grown up and probably have been tainted by whatever families they had or might, you know, might have some behavioral issues. They only want perfect babies.
10: Oh, so if, if by some unhappy circumstance, a woman were to have a child who was not perfect, you're saying? That these groups would not be so inclined to rush forward and take care of
1: them? I don't know if it was a baby. I don't speak for them. I'm just saying that's the real issue in adoption agencies is that uh, a, a child who's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and up brings a life to another family, and you may not like what that life has seen, had, done, been part of, grew up in, uh, you know, or whatever, you know, maybe a You know, have a behavioral dilemma or something. I'm just saying that there is, that's why the number of individuals available for foster care uh, is our kids. Schoolers typically end up, isn't the same as adopting a baby that somebody had an unwanted pregnancy.
10: I see, I see. The other thing I wanted to say is that it, it seems to me in all this discussion about massacring people that we're skating over the ugly history here in America of how we've how our ancestors have treated the Native Americans. Um, Time and time again, the Native Americans were massacred, unprovoked, by... I know when we were children in the shows on television, you know, the cavalry used to come because the Indians were uh, attacking uh, peaceful settlers, quote-unquote. But the truth was the Supreme Court ruled that the Native Americans could not be forced off their land. And Andrew Jackson, then president, refused to enforce that Uh, ruling, and dragged, using military force, dragged tens of thousands of Native Americans from their homes, and thousands upon thousands of them died in this process. Can you imagine somebody's knocking on my door and tells me to get out, and we're walking to Oklahoma? Can you imagine that? And yet that's exactly what our government did to these people. Um, And somehow this is not even a part of this discussion about the fairness in our society. I, it, it's a confusing thing to me because I think if we're going to talk about fairness it should be universal Life. just like we should be universally concerned about the impoverty of children regardless of their race there are more impoverished white children in this country than anybody wants to seem to discuss.
9: Mm-hmm. And,
2: it even and the good start-
10: news is Mark I looked into your concern about the voting and the Cato Institute and that is a libertarian think tank The Cato Institute did a study, an actual empirical study. They took the voting records of Michigan and Florida, where they record turning people away from voting. If you came to vote and you weren't allowed to vote, they actually document this. And they found, and they turned them away for a lack of identification, and they found that three-tenths of one percent of people were turned away for a lack of ID. So clearly...
1: After the laws were strengthened, what percentage did not go to the poll? That's the real statistic. I realize that nobody would go to a poll where an ID is required if you knew it's required and you didn't have one or can't get one or whatever. But what percentage didn't go? After the rules were enacted, what happened to turnout?
10: You have no idea, Mark, why people don't go to vote. You have no empirical. I'm talking empirical instead of just idle speculation. I'm talking about actually counting right if if i didn't go to vote you have no idea why i didn't go to vote i could have been sick i could have been out of the country i could have been uninterested but i could not to make my change my voter registration for a primary to a party that i could vote you know there's a there's a myriad of reasons my car broke down my kid was <laughs> sick i mean you don't know why that person didn't show up
2: the dog ate my homework <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I, I understand what you're you know, saying. That, that for individual people, you may not be able to find out what every single individual did. But
2: can you imagine if you really but wanted to vote? This is a known
1: topic. So if, if you, you know, wanted I'm, to vote, I'm not speculating on the fact. I didn't make this up. That when you strengthen voter laws, it, it 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 ends up with a resulting reduction in turnout, and most of that is among Democrats and minorities. I didn't make that up. So we can empirically find out statistically why that happened. You You don't happen to know it and I don't have it in front of me, but it can be known. But if you wanted to vote
2: and you were turned away because you didn't have proper identification, what would you do? Would you just go home and sit there? Would you go out and try and get the proper identification so it didn't happen to you again? Or if someone made it impossible for you to get that identification, wouldn't you speak out? You know, I I think that uh, the the low expectations here, that one of our texters said, Cliff Readers is 100 percent correct, the soft bigotry of our low expectations by the people that say voter ID is hard for minorities to get is disgustingly racist. I love, he loves to use George Bush's quote, but George Bush was absolutely right. Uh,
1: Sometimes individuals who are members of these minorities don't step up and vote, you know, and so we've come to expect that. But Cindy said you don't know why they don't
2: vote. you don't well, know why. You yeah. don't know that it's, they she don't doesn't have identification. Know. And I don't
1: have it in front of me, but it can be known. Thank <laughs> you so much, Cindy. Great, great, great call. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for checking Cindy. in. All right. We'll take a quickie break. we got calls coming in. That'll wrap us up uh, for Joe's Retirement Shortened Week. Tomorrow's... Maybe Okay. That possibility exists, yes. <laughs>
4: vehicles worth.
2: <laughs> Tell All me right. another one. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the Live Telephone Talk Show. Uh, on the mark, uh, Dale has been waiting. You get a couple minutes, sir. Go right ahead.
11: I want to know what uh, social security is for. Is social security for people who are healthy and just sit around and just live off the free system? Or <laughs> social security for older people?
1: Joe, give us a history Yo, lesson. I, mean,
11: I, I look out for the people who work honest and have dignity and go to work and, and put food on their table with their own. Hard work, money. Hey, Dale. Here's a
2: here's a clue for you. That's how you get Social Security by going to work. They don't just give it to you. You have to go to work, and then you pay in, and your employer pays in. And when you reach well, a certain you age, you get it out. And you work
11: too, Joe. Don't yeah, you?
2: Yeah, yeah. So what's what's you the problem? You
11: work for the government,
2: don't you? You get subsidized checks, Joe. <laughs> Do I work for the government? No, I don't work for the government.
11: Don't you get a subsidized check? No.
2: I don't get a subsidized check. This no well, idea. I,
11: want to know. Here's the honest I mean,
2: thing. I've been begging the Bar Black Association matter, to pay me, this, but they won't. All this
11: matters. But does the working man matter? Does the working woman matter? Because if we put a stop to this Social Security, people who are claiming they can't work, if we put a stop to it, maybe the people who can't work really get better money. And the people who do work won't have so much throw on their back.
2: Are you? Do you have a fever? Are you running a temperature of some sort, Dale? <laughs> I mean, I, let, the, you don't, no, do not you understand you, how. You
11: keep making a joke <laughs> out of You are getting a subsidized check, Joe. Come yeah, on, you're, working Joe. For the, you're a mayor, ain't
2: you? I'm not getting it. I don't get no money for being mayor of Shimoka Dam. Not one red cent. Actually, it costs <laughs> me money. some kind of incentive. No, I'm not. It gets a good feeling. My incentive in was town. I asked the people of the community to let me serve them, and they've okay, allowed me don't to do you it. Think, don't you think our Government should put a stop to this because there's people
11: who are... put a stop to what social like security? Cars, three,
2: no, three I don't think be, I don't think they should put a stop to social security because people pay into it. They they have to contribute a portion of their yeah. earnings while they're working.
11: Yeah, but don't you think there's healthy people who who could be able to get a job that are collecting off the system? You don't think there is, Jeff? Well, all right.
2: yeah, but Dale, they you're allowed to do it when you reach a certain age. You 62. understand
11: that Democratic governors, states. <laughs> They're the highest numbers in the country with disability. People are getting free checks. Don't you understand that? No, I guess Do live- I don't, Do live- deal. Oh, well, that, that's a whole governor? other
1: topic. If we have
11: like 50, 50% more people who are getting disability checks than there is people. You know, no. I think it's not there. <laughs> I don't think I so. Think
2: I don't think so either. All right. Thank you so much, Dale. Listen, yes Dale, you. I, thank you, I realize thank you, thank you, you. the Bar Association is up to its nefarious <laughs> deeds again. <right>? Explain <laughs> the six-figure salary you get from Mayor. Me and Mayor Shibokendam, right, my, my subsidized check. <laughs> no, six-finger
1: salary. <laughs> Six, Six people have given them the finger. I get the finger, oh, all right, right. <laughs> right. Yes, and your, your compensation is you get a good feeling for helping your town out. All right. Uh, Chris, you have the floor. Go right ahead.
9: Yeah, well, three-tenths of one percent is significant. Sydney should know that. You've had another few percentage of a percent for people who didn't show up at all, and pretty soon you're up to one percent, and you have three or four states would, cha- would have changed uh, uh, who they voted for. So it's not insignificant. Well, the key, though, the
1: key though, the key though, is though, if you strengthen voter laws, fewer people vote. That we we know empirically. Well,
9: it's not strengthen. It's putting obstacles in the way. Sometimes
1: suppression, some I point. call it.
9: And and uh, by the way, Sydney yesterday was talking about hospitals turning away people without a photo ID. I don't think so. She should know better. She ever turn anybody away in the emergency room because they didn't have an I D? Oh, they almost drowned swimming. They didn't have their clothes with them. Oh, we can't teach you. I don't think so.
2: I don't think she was talking about emergency rooms.
9: Do either. And people also have friends who will go get them beer or cold medicine. They do not have friends who can walk down to the the. DMV and get a
2: photo ID. I don't think she was talking about people in hospitals and emergency rooms. I think she, she was talking about... She,
9: say, a, she, 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 did, she said hospitals yesterday. But she didn't say emergency rooms.
2: She didn't say emergency rooms, though. That's an no, entirely she different animal.
9: hospitals. Well, that includes emergency rooms. Well, and to, it also includes doctor's offices. I'm not sure any doctor office I can't remember a doctor office even asking for my photo ID for sure.
2: Have you ever gone to a hospital and they not ask you for identification?
9: Uh, ever they asked for my insurance card,
2: which is identification.
9: It is. It's not a photo ID, though, but it's which, identification. Which was the subject of the discussion that right. he was talking about? <laughs> okay. What else? Right.
2: No, I don't. I disagree with you on that.
9: Disagree what?
2: I don't think that, that you, everywhere you go, you need some form of identification, whether it's photographic or not.
9: People in cities, I said they have friends that will get them beer if they don't have a photo ID. They have friends who will get them cold medicine. But going to get a photo ID in order to vote is different.
2: Well, do you have a problem with having photo ID for people voting?
9: Uh, not necessarily, depending on how the photo ID is obtained and how much trouble it is, and how much, uh, whether you're putting, uh, old and disabled people did you through have, rigorous Did you uh, have a lot of trouble
2: getting but, yours, Chris? Did you have a lot of trouble getting your photo ID? Uh,
9: actually... Uh, getting my a uh, real ID is, is was I'm not talking problem, about that I'm talking about a photo ID
2: photo ID hey listen we're out of time but thanks for calling Chris we'll talk to you Monday Enjoy your
1: retirement lengthened weekend we will see you on Monday we'll be back tomorrow morning with Financial Friday and the latest jobless numbers and one of our
2: emailers says if I'm getting six figures from air they're running in Shemokin Dam
1: <laughs> this is WKOK Sunbury.